Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, another day, another Cyberpunk 2077 bant. Now, uh, Martin Awinski, who's the joint CEO of CD Projekt Red, has got out there and done a just a to camera uh, personal sort of acknowledgement of just how you know over the top broken Cyberpunk 2077 is, and um, from more of a managerial ownership standpoint, saying he takes full responsibility alongside the leadership team for everything that's happened so far. Um, for the most part, it's a, it's a weird statement because a lot of it is reiterating a lot of stuff that we already knew, but he yeah. does attempt to sort of shine a little bit of a light into why things went so sour on the dev side what happened behind the scenes <clears throat> however after this um the response sort of last night and across this morning has been i don't know like divided like i've sort of mm. seen both sides i don't think i don't think it necessarily delves into it too deeply i think you won't get that until someone like a jason schreier sort of dives in a bit more and we get like specific day-by-day type stuff uh, from the dev side um so there is like a thing where um you know he says he takes full responsibility talks about the last gen versions um explains that cyberpunk's gameplay uses or cyberpunk as a game uses in-game streaming uh, as a system to handle detail in such a dense environment the city environment and that's why the older versions were such a mess and he says that the game was always developed primarily on pc and then it was Mm -hmm. uh, made to work on consoles um says that they underestimated just how i guess incapable the older systems were um and says every change and improvement needed to be tested and our testing did not show a big part of the issues you experienced while playing the game um which is weird because I, if you play the game on older systems, you immediately yeah. see it. Um, and so I don't, I, that's the one bit where I'm like, how did you not see it? But he also, yeah. you know, in the, there's a Q&A on their website as well, where they sort of mentioned that obviously COVID's a factor. A lot of their testing teams were remote. Like, I mean, that was something that they've mentioned before. But what's your general thoughts on, the, I guess, the statement and the way he's phrased this stuff? There's a little bit more, but <laughs> what do you think of that stuff? Uh, oh man, it was it was such a mixed bag for me. Like on the one hand, I appreciate that he has gone out to again reiterate that look, it's on them, it's on the leadership, it's on the people at the very top, not the people who are actually you know spending all of these hours making the game on the ground level. Like they are very mm-hmm. talented, they tried their hardest to make this good. Ultimately, it was the decision from the higher ups to just push it out when it clearly wasn't finished. But yeah, there are so many kind of strange little contradictions or things that just don't make sense to me, especially that bit about they didn't know how it played on the last gen despite testing <laughs> to me that's just like genuine madness because it's not like yeah. right if it's if it's if it's a big game and you have to look for the bugs you can't theoretically scour every single area of a like big a game like cyberpunk but the thing with Cyberpunk, especially on the last gen, is that you didn't have to look hard for the bugs. They would hit you like every two minutes or whatever. Like They're so <laughs> obvious and so in your face and so everywhere that mm. I have trouble believing that they didn't know the state the game was in at launch, especially 
when they were when they're saying that they're saying oh we didn't really know the crashes weren't as bad on our end and we didn't realize how bad it was until we launched they're saying mm. that but then on the other side part of the statement is him going the game was getting better every single day every single day there were these huge improvements so it's like yep. which 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 one is it you can't like what's <laughs> the thing what is you trying well, to say here there's also last November was the quote. It's from Adam Kaczynski, who's the other or one of the other joint CEOs. Um, he's the dude that was out there saying that the older versions, the Xbox One, the PS4, run surprisingly good, um, which is the thing that directly clashes. It's what it's one yeah. of the things that the ongoing lawsuit from the shareholders is kind of <clears> hinging on, um, that they you know sold a version of the game or they intoned a version of the game that clearly isn't what came out in the end. Um, and it's that thing from Kaczynski. It's like well. What were you basing that on? Like, mm -hmm. um, because of the full quote is that he's like, oh, we believe that these versions will be good over time, but it's still phrased, you know, where he's like, but it is running surprisingly good now yeah. for such an open world game. And I'm just like, what version of the game were you seeing? Or from a managerial standpoint, is that someone like in literal real time arriving to an office or getting sent some footage or having a video call with some testers and, you know, re having relayed some information and going with that? Because um, there's a lot of, that's the specificity that I really want from this. If we're, you know, just for the sake of curiosity, what's the literal reality of those conversations that led to them saying, okay, we can still ship this? Um, you know, because it's, it's that whole thing that blew up on uh, Twitter where it's like, oh, they're blaming the QA department. And I don't think it comes across that way. I think mm -hmm. it's just the, obviously that is, like, testing is a factor here. So it's going to be some sort of back and forward with those teams. Um, but ultimately, like he said, it's a managerial decision to go forward with release. And it's not like those QA people or the devs weren't screaming saying this isn't going to work. Um, yeah. You know, that stuff would have always been obvious. And I mean, when it comes to like QA in general, like it's not part mm. of this report, but just generally speaking from all the reports that we've had outside of other developers, like QA, QA testers are historically not treated very well in this industry. No. And a lot of like the, the bugs they report, a lot of the, the conditions that they work in and stuff like that. It's not mm. like they're part of the dev team, you know what I mean? Or at least they're not treated like a core part of the dev team and a lot of mm. their you know, we, there's been so many kind of like horror stories about all of these bugs being reported and then ultimately people at the higher up either not caring or just kind of ignoring them because they're shippable and they're, they need to hit like these deadlines and stuff. So mm -hmm. even though this isn't necessarily a case of them directly blaming QA testers, I do think it fits as in into a larger hole when it comes to the video game industry and how they treat QA testers, you know, and the culture yeah. surrounding that job and the culture surrounding that part of um, development. It's just, it's it's such a weird thing to watch and kind of pick apart like this, Scott, mm. because like it brings me genuinely no joy to do these videos continuing <laughs> to bash this game or pick it apart. But when no. it comes to this statement in, in particular, I think there is a lot to kind of pick on because a lot of it, whilst it's good that they are getting out there and they're getting a face to like say sorry and try to explain, a lot of the explanations I just found wholly inadequate and didn't mm. quite justify what was going on like there's a moment where they talk about the review process and they're like we sent out pc codes and but we didn't send out um console codes until quite late in the day because we were um you know constantly improving it for the day zero packs and for the day zero patch and yeah mm -hmm. fine but they don't address the fact that you know a day before the reviews went up even for the pc version that they changed the like the embargo to say mm -hmm. like we're only you only show trailer footage you don't show your actual footage if they you jump all the way early. around that in the yeah, statement the, they don't, yeah like yeah they don't even address that at all like they didn't mention that and it's like you are skipping to the parts that are easily explainable from mm -hmm. a dev perspective and in, in ignoring the kind of perhaps more insidious, deeper issues as to why what you were doing was weird and not yeah. entirely cool. 
it's it's so strange like for them as a team as well i mean he obviously he opens the video citing that you know he formed the company and they used to be so much smaller and like it is that thing that sort of um comparison shot that did the rounds when cyberpunk came out of like look what cdpr started as where it was just a table and a chair at a booth yeah. um trying to get people to play their <clears> games <throat> before they managed to do the witcher and obviously they blew up and everything although it wasn't until the witcher 3 that they got so big and now we're with, with cyberpunk and it's like how much can you sort of lean on that stuff um and be like well we're just this sort of this is the first time we've been this big and we're making these mistakes for the first time and we're trying these different things because in regards to the review stuff you know they say like well, uh, winsky says like well we thought we'd have it fixed enough with the day zero patch and we hinged it all on that so somewhere along the way, whether it was from like him or um, the PR department, someone had to draw up that embargo sheet, that NDA sheet that yeah. said, hey, you can't include console footage, which was the exact moment they were aware that that console footage could not be shown. And someone had to make that call, like, you know, as a, saying like, well, it can't be shown now, but hopefully they'll forgive us in a few days because when they get to see it, it'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. And I guess all of it was hinging on that one patch. And then it's that whole thing of like, how insidious was that decision? How much was it prioritizing, you know, the money side of it? Um, the unit sales and everything, because we did find out that whole thing about, um, you know, they um, hid the uh, the reality that they were going to have to do additional crunch from the workforce so that the leadership team benefited from that in terms of um, th there was that whole thing with the Polish stock market. So there's all that stuff. And I'm like, I I want to see the human side of it, where a bunch of people yeah. got so big and they tried this thing, the Icarus flew towards the sun. Um, and it's just it's just crazy. Like, it's yeah, I think it's insane. It's just like, the, it, for me, it's just it's just the vagueness of everything. Mm. If you were going to do this video, I would want like specifics, like everything that they say yeah. and all of the things that they're putting in place just seems a little bit wishy-washy. Like they announced the roadmap, which in theory is cool because then you get to see exactly what's coming and when, but it was still kind of vague and pretty much just what we knew before. They were talking about yeah. how there's going to be a new patch that's going to be imminent, which is cool. But then they're, then they're talking about like the free DLCs, which still don't really have a date. They're talking about the um, next gen versions which don't mm. have a date, but now is confirmed to be the second half of 2021. And it's it's like there's, there's stuff seems like in ages place. Away. Yeah, mm. but it's, it just seems like it's ages away and there's nothing that's really kind of like concrete or something that people would attach to, I don't think. And that includes the Q&A they, Q they posted after the video went up where they mm. elaborated on a few things, including crunch. And one of the questions was like, how are you going to address crunch? Will people be crunching to get these fixes out? And they said, no, they won't be uh, doing mandatory over, over time to get the fixes out. And crunch is something they're going to look at going forward. They don't want it to happen again. But again, it's the lack of specificity. It's it, yeah. if anyone can say we're not going to have crunch going forward, we don't want to do that. But we've heard companies say that before, give out that statement, and then still have crunch, including, including CD Projekt well. Red. Yeah, no, including <clears throat> them. So at this point, for me, it's that's all well and good. But I want to know specifically what you're doing. How are you changing your working culture? How are you going to put these patches out? When are they coming? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you don't have those answers, to me, a video like this doesn't do much other than just well, kind of say that they've done something in a way. Yeah, the whole other side of looking at the roadmap is that it a lot of people sort of looked at that roadmap and said, so 2022 then? Like, I mean, yeah. the way that it's laid out, obviously, um, Owinski says there's an update coming in the next 10 days. There's another one weeks after that. So assumedly that's the January and February slots that they sort of mentioned last year. One big thing in January, one big thing in February. Um, and then, yeah, the next gen stuff is coming in the second half of the year. They said they're aiming for the second half of 2021. So you're not really going to get the proper PS5 series versions until second half of 2021. And then that roadmap graphic just sort of ends with 2022. Um, yeah. But he also said that all of these patches everything is just the beginning so 
I don't know, like if you're, you know, just you just want to wait it out and wait until you definitely get the best, genuinely recommendable version of this game, is that just going to be something that is in a whole other year? Is it just a 2022 thing? It looks like it. You know, like mm. when, it, when, it, when, it, when it launched, I think we all realized that this wasn't going to be an overnight fix. You know what I mean? This was going to take a long time to implement. And the fact that they have laid it out now, this is essentially mm. the best case scenario that we're going to get all of the stuff they promised at some point in the second half of the year, but we know with the problems that they've had, we know with the problems that are still ongoing, you know, with working from home, everything that's happening in the world, like mm -hmm. it does seem a little bit optimistic. And again, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, they've done it again, they, they're terrible, we should hound them or whatever. No. no, obviously not. But like the realities of it is, this is a kind of best case scenario projection. And mm -hmm. based on their history, they have broken kind of like things like this before and their sense of management and timing has not exactly been spot on before it sucks man like i i genuinely like i said before i kind of resent talking about this because i feel like i'm just crapping <laughs> all over this game and all over this team but i don't at this think point, i think there's a very well, human side to it that's that's worth highlighting and like Definitely. for me you know, I'm not coming into it being like, oh, like the villain's CDPR. Like I, yeah. like I said, I look at those images of where they started. I've followed them for many, many years. I think that they've been, you know, very open and very honest about the way that they've handled their previous games. And obviously, they built such a reputation around that. And that's discarding the weird militant cult fandom that they kind of have, the people that were defending them no matter what. But mm -hmm. I do think there's a, a human reality to developing a game that's this big from a team that's gone from so little to so to so huge. Um, that I think it's just worth, and it's fascinating to pick that stuff apart. Um, and like you said the other day, it's like, can anyone of this level make a video game? And these yeah. things can only be can only help going forward, really, the more that they're addressed, the more they're highlighted, and hopefully the more that teams like this learn from them. Yeah, 100%. Like, you you hope that this is going to be a learning experience for everyone, including CDPR. My, just, mm. my, my worry is, is that this doesn't help. And again, they're not really, it's not their fault. They're not in charge of, like, the adamant, the, not adamant, the um, sort of passionate people online who will like mm. just take this very seriously and go to developers who have no control over this and like some of death threats or badger them yeah, and stuff like that. That is yeah. not, that's not cool at all. And it's like, it's just this kind of like toxic thing at the moment where the game's not where it should be. People are pissed off. They're channeling that in completely the wrong way, but then CD Projekt Red isn't really addressing it in, in a kind of comprehensive way as they should have. And it's just, it's, 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 Again, it sucks, Scott, because at the heart of it, there is a great game in, in um, Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 that we want to champion. It's just, it's just like a, a, a bog at this point. A big, well, we, I mean, a big bog. yeah, it's a whole thing. I think that at this stage, I mean, we do champion it. Like, you know, it's like the PC version's great. I, I still really enjoyed the time that I had with the uh, the PS5 version, the PS4 one running on a PS5. And same with you, minus some of the crashes that eventually made us go, I'm going to wait until at least some of these crashes go away. Yeah. The world building, the story, the characters, the combat, it's all great. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where right now, you know, it's like, should they have done a statement like this that sort of reiterates stuff? I like um, at least um, Kaczynski, sorry, um, it's Martin Owinski saying, you know, look, like the team is incredibly talented. The, I'm yeah. so thankful for everybody. Like if you need to direct your ire at someone, direct it at me and the managerial team. Um, but there's also the flip side of like, how do you handle something that is this big of a public mistake where the only other example really is what happened with Hello Games and No Man's Sky, which was Sean Murray and the team just going completely radio silent for over a year and then coming back with the finished version um, and just going like, this is how it is now. And then they just worked. Uh, you know, everybody was sort of ready enough to come back to that game. There was enough charm there and um, it was enough of, of an original, uh, it was enough of an original idea for people to want to give it a shot. Um, and it worked, and I think that it's 
there's a whole other conversation to be had about the people who have played through Cyberpunk and have got the trophies and the achievements and seen those story beats. Are you actually going to go back through it again, um, even if they do polish things up? Like it's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So I guess we might as well end on that. Do you do you see yourself going back through it, no matter how much they patch it, or has that ship actually sailed regardless? <laughs> Maybe in about five years, like I did with The Witcher 3 when I eventually got around to replaying that right. game, but definitely not now. Like, I put, I think, about 50 hours when all was said and done into the game, like, completed Ooh. the main story, did most of the side quests, except the ones that locked me out of, and yeah. put up with all the crashes and stuff like that. And I'm not ready to go back and experience that again, as it probably should have been at launch, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's just... It's not something I would personally do. I assume if you're a cyberpunk like super fan and you've been waiting for this game for a long time, you will appreciate those replays. You'll want to go through with different life paths, try different mm. choices or whatever. But for me, I, I've just I've, I've had my fill and I'm kind mm. of like not interested. I, I want them to fix it. Don't get me wrong. I want them to patch it. I want the game to be as good as it can be. But for me as a player, my personal experience with it, I'm kind of, I'm ready to move on, you know what I mean? <laughs> the thing that fascinates me, because I, I am that guy, and I, I've, I've done a, I've done it for about 70, 80 hours on one save, I've restarted again, um, and I'm, I'm saving one of the life path for the, the next gen stuff later this year. But it's, it is that thing of like, how much can you do all over again? But I obviously want to live in that city and see how it comes together. But there's also the, the reality of like, if they change it too much, if they add in a whole police AI chase system, if they add in a whole detailed crafting system that has more to it than just the hold button fill up get new item thing that they have at the minute mm -hmm. how much does that change even the review scores for the versions of the game that were great like it's just it's a whole thing well, and like i said you know the word i have for it is fascinating but yeah it's a mess it really is you know what i mean i think it kind of um reiterates that games now are just sort of like never done like mm. like i think it was a few years ago when ign and like those big sites started adding different reviews to games that they've already reviewed right. in the past and changing the scores and stuff because games now like live and breathe day to day they change day to day and a launch version of a title is not what it's going to be two years down the line when things are added things are changed things are patched maybe things mm. are removed what i want going from cyberpunk and cd project red going forward is like action rather than words because at this point right. i don't think you can fix a problem this big with just kind of like platitudes and vagueness and kind of promises of roadmaps or whatever i think like you mentioned hello games like they were in a mm. similar position before and they knuckled down they changed things they added stuff to the game and here i want to see that both added to the game itself but also you know actions behind the scenes actions and how games are planned how games are managed mm. how devs are treated and stuff like that i feel like you need something in place and only then can you kind of start making fixes and winning people back like it's not just something you can put a, a plaster over or a bandage over at the <laughs> moment and kind of hope it gets better like you need to do something mm. and hopefully you know it is a big undertaking hopefully this video is the start of that you know, like rather than yeah, just yeah. the end thing of okay we put this out now we can ignore it and just do something else I think for me, uh, like the proof's going to be in these two. Like the, the, we'll have to see what happens with the January, February stuff. But I would assume that this first big patch for January will do something meaningful, um, other than just further. You know, I mean, obviously you want to stop the crashes, but it's like I don't know. I'm curious what the hell that patch turns into. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Are you kind of just waiting it out on Cyberpunk, or are you psyched to see what CDPR can do across the rest of 2021? For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. I will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. -bye. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.